0: Sponsored by Expressway. With MyExpressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.
1: Hello, I'm Connor Faulkner and this is Driving Life. Welcome to episode two, where I meet entrepreneur and businessman Bobby Kerr to chat about his life and the cars he's owned. From Kilkenny to the North Sea oil rigs, from Canada to Dunleary, Bobby shares tales of his life in business and on the road. In part two, we'll meet Antashka CEO Gary Fremantle about his journey from one-time AA director to leading the environmental organisation and his thoughts on where the environmental movement goes from here. But first up, it's Bobby, who was kind enough to meet me for a chat in Dunleary. We found a coffee shop, which was nice, but wound up giving poor Conor O'Hagan a huge job back at base, removing clatters and bangs and whooshes and tidying up the audio. Sorry, Conor, and apologies to all for a spot or two where the sound is ropey. Anyway, off we go to Dunleary, and let's meet Bobby Kerr. Bobby
2: Kerr, you are very good to take the time to talk to me. Lovely to meet you, Connor, in a in a coffee shop in Dunleary. A very nice, appropriate place to start a conversation. So that
1: where else would you meet Bobby Kerr? But like, a in a coffee shop and b in Dunleary, which is your stamping ground now.
2: Tis I've lived here for about thirty odd years. Oh, um, you know. Yeah, so a place I love. I'm right beside the sea. Uh, I'm near everything I want to be. I do a bit of sailing down there oh. in the harbour, and everything I need is at my doorstep. You probably have more time here now than you do in Kilkenny. Oh yeah, I've, I've, since we sold the business in Kirkkenny, uh you know, and I've no family in Kilkenny anymore, so yeah. you lose a bit of touch with, it, with the place where you grew up. But well, I try, I do try to keep in touch with it, but it's, it's not always
1: easy. Yeah, and um, listen, an awful lot of things have happened in your life over the thirty years or so that you've been uh, that you've been active in business. And um, but you know, I'm a bit of a motoring nerd, so um, what I want to know is, did you drive much? Do you drive much? Okay, let
2: me tell you, I've a long, uh, I never really talked much about my, my motoring history until I knew I was meeting you today, so I actually learned to drive in a place where you probably know more from a golfing perspective, but before going to a golf course, a junior, that's where I learned to drive. Wow, the Mount Julia's estate. Yeah, I used to just drive around the estate because it was a gated yeah. estate, so it was like a, and that was where, I, I used to drive my mother's Simca 1000, Simca, horrific yes. car. Oh,
1: yeah. my, my grandmother had a hill man imp, which I recall being a horrible little thing. Yeah. Um, and was that, she, a, a, this was an year 1976
2: 77. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, The world had a very lax uh, attitude towards road safety yeah. at the time. And then um, when I was in college, I was in college in DIT in Dublin, and in my final year, and uh, my mother actually gifted me on an old car. The like, Simca? You know, she had then, uh, a yellow Sisson diamond. Yeah. I drove that for maybe four years. That was the 2CV one. 2CV, yeah. uh, bright yellow, convertible roof, 600cc. You used to get up like, 60 miles yeah. to the gallon. And you the rubber, push yeah. the gear lever
1: in and pull it out again. And, and you know, to complete the look, what you needed to do was to paint hippie flowers all over there.
2: I didn't quite do that, but I- that wasks coming out of it. That car, and it's amazing, you know, people would never have thought that, but I used to, I was working in the rigs in the North Sea at the time, and I used to drive to Larne, leave the car there for two weeks, get the train across Scotland, all the way over to Aberdeen, come back the same way, and drive the car from Larne down to Dublin, that's it. And I did that for nearly two years. The most arduous part
1: of the journey, getting the Citroën Diane back down the road, up then,
2: Especially at three o'clock in the morning, uh, coming down over those uh, those roads. And if you
1: remember that era, maybe talk about the North Sea just just briefly, because you can't just throw away that you worked the North Sea. You weren't diving to the
2: pipes or anything like that. You, no, you, you the business. I was. I was a chef actually, and uh, <clears throat> it was a very interesting job because. The only thing that the guys had out on the North Sea was the food. It had to be yeah. five star, and the big joke was we'd five star chefs and one star customers. <laughs> <laughs> but that was all right. But it was a it was a school of life about just the way of the world. I, I imagine if you let those lads down after a hard shift, you'd hear all about it. And we used to even have like a standard plate is about 11 inches. Our plates were 14 inches wide because the size of the portions that the guys used to eat and like if you think about it some of these rates will up just around the arctic circle yeah yeah I'd be out in the cold mm-hmm. working for however many hours mean, grueling lifestyle for yeah. the divers the effect on their that's right the well you know it's for everybody out there, a couple of things, you're earning too much money, Yeah. you've got two weeks like really, really hard work, then you've two weeks where you've nothing to do, you spend the money, and it doesn't end well for lots of people. No, I know, so you yeah. land in Aberdeen like
1: a like an old-fashioned sailor in Shanghai. And ask, you go uh, yeah. 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 mad. Um, Aberdeen had crazy property for the most expensive city of the UK for a while. I
2: remember in, in the early 80s in Aberdeen, you used basically, and if you were... Say going out at four o'clock in the morning, and you to, you'd you go to a guest house. So you're in this dorm with all these guys that you don't know, all who are going off going to the next day. They would charge of like fifty sterling or something. Like well, okay, but for context, you may as well be in the Ritz. Yeah, yeah, in, in this dump, because mm-hmm. uh, that's the only place you could get.
3: And, and, and
1: then, so a couple of weeks doing that, and we you're back in the Citroen, Diane, uh, nursing nursing its way nursing its way back down to Dublin. Um, did did you do a proper driving test? I
2: failed my driving test. I did my first driving test on my 17th birthday because that was the age you were held. There you go. And I failed it, and I was absolutely devastated. I remember being—it was probably my one of my biggest disappointments because my father was in the hotel business, yeah. and I used to work part time for my father, driving his van uh, and distributing staff around all around the Kilkenny metropolitan yeah. the, the area. Um, um, and would you say you're a, would you say you're a good driver? Uh, I don't think I'm bad. I, I don't drive fast. Right. Uh, that's a good character. Uh, uh, good. I. I and I, I do, I, sometimes I think I don't really enjoy it. Like I I, I, I kind of, I, I have a mixed relationship. Sometimes I like to go on a drive. Other, other times I couldn't care if I, I hate traffic. So, so like when I worked in town, as I walked in town for, first going I yeah, I ended up in Stephen's uh, Green. So within 100 yards, I was for 25 years and I rarely took uh, my car into town, I always used, the Dart, which is only a minute from me here in, in Sandy Cove. Yeah, why would so, you do anything else? So, for, so, for me, uh, I just wouldn't do that commute. Um, but then, you know, I work now say on the cliffs of more, I drive down there, and I love the drive. That could be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, am not somebody who's like obsessed with driving. I, 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 and are, you're not one of these
1: people who has uh, you know four or five different cars in uh, no. yes, no. the
2: Something
3: no snazzy.
2: I have I have an I have a nice car, I have uh a, a, a white porch can. What that is, is a nice cool. car three years ago four years ago and the thing about me was I, I, if I buy a car I keep it for a long number of years yeah. some of the cars that I've had uh, I had when my father died he left me a, uh, well he, he, it was his car and it was uh, he, my brothers didn't want it so I got it a Daimler Sovereign ah. which I drove for six years I'd say and I I gave this car beautiful car and it was it was an old car it was just about becoming a classic and unfortunately i regret this to this day i we drove just that bit too far and too long and water from the uh, radiator got into the gearbox on the organ two cars car right? the whole engine seized. Oh lordy. I wonder if we're past the year of cars that were almost like having kind of a boat, you know, part of, the, part of the thing was fiddling with it and maintaining well, it. Well, I, I've had a boat here in really for 25 years, same boat. Very good. Yeah, uh, except another guy I've owned it and we've raced it uh, re- religiously every Thursday and every Saturday afternoon uh, and you know that, that, was, that was my sort of toy, so I never really needed to do the car thing Very good. once I had that. yeah. I never really, well I used to go fishing with my dad and uh, he had a
1: 17 and a half foot kind of cabin cruiser that we can take out from Canala Bay or go looking for sharks if we're ambitious and we did a bit of lake fishing on that but I never really took that. I've got good friends who are very, other uh, a nephew of mine, who's into the sailing uh, and a member of the National
2: Yacht Club in, uh, and there were a couple of people in there and they, hey, here's one of those nice well, the way it was for me was you could only, I, I played rugby a lot in my earlier days and then when I gave up rugby, I was looking for something else and I actually took up sailing when I was in my early 30s. Oh nice, yeah. So I wasn't, I didn't sail as a, you know, then I, I got too much soldier altered here, can really? No, So it's, 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 so a lot of the guys I actually played rugby with, ended up coming sailing with me and we've all sailed together for all all those years, so Yeah, it's well, it's your double area. It's, it's, very, it's, very it's, it's, yeah. a, it's
1: a double thing. A very good pal of mine is a, a guard, actually, but she's very serious about her sailing. So, uh, you know, you'd be in touch the odd title, whereas, you know, she's halfway across the Atlantic.
2: Yeah, yeah I have oh, no, I've done the Round Ireland. I've done a few of those. I did a, 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 a called the Round the Island Race. The Australian Cows. The Isle of Wight. The race around the Isle of Wight. 1,700 boats on the start again. Unbelievable. Wow. And you don't like traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: that was good. So yeah, a few things like that. And so lifelong in Ireland, Bobby, you did, no, you did go to Canada. Before. Yeah, and
2: I was in Canada in the States. i have to tell you about the car I had when I was in Canada, because again, I arrived there, I, I, had, I hardly, I, I, I was... Hardly a word of Canadian. Well, I, 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 no more. I was broke. Oh, nice. And I bought uh, a Pontiac Ventura, it was called, which yeah. was it's this a huge, big... You, know, you could fit four people
3: in the front seat. Uh, and I, I paid $700 for it.
2: And if you went over a puddle, the water used to come up and you'd get wet. <laughs> <laughs> so it was... Uh, but it, 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 I, I, I knocked two years out of it. And I remember there was a scrapyard beside the airport in Toronto. And I drove, when I was coming back to Ireland, I drove into the scrap. Backyard, left the keys in the ignition
3: and just walked away
2: got there with its dying breaths <laughs> <laughs> and left the car there and that was the last any of us ever saw I took the number plates off which I still have yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we hope it's not still there <laughs> or some fellow like was looking for me to charge me a tow away or something
3: like that yeah very good yeah.
0: travelling with expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat When booking journeys at expressway.ie, make sure to select seat-only reservation free travel scheme and pay just €2 per trip to guarantee you a seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie.
4: Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation.
1: I, and so li- life in Dublin. You have four daughters. Do uh, uh, I do. I only I know one other person with four daughters. He's my brother, and uh, that household is just chaotic. Four oh, fellows.
2: Right. well I have only two of them live with me now. Um, the other two have moved on. At least they still, they, they still live in Dublin. But, uh, do you know what? It's 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 it was the best crack over the years having the four of them there. It's still a great crack. It is great crack. It's just a uh, really really. I've enjoyed every second of it. Did you
1: teach them how to drive?
2: I her, Rebecca, and she was the only one who really, really wanted to get out and enjoy But she used to go to pieces when she had her test. I guess how many times she failed it? This is gonna be harsh on poor Rebecca. <laughs> hey, listen, it, it, took, it, it took me three goals, so I'm not gonna i I'm not gonna slag poor Rebecca. Give me a number. No and the only reason she got it in the A time was she Leaders with the people in the centre could she have a supervisor because she was she was having a nervous reaction to the whole process so a third lady went in the back with the instructor and she passed it down. Do you know what, I'd be willing to bet that Rebecca is a very safe driver. And a good driver. And my youngest girl Michaela is about to do her test in the next few weeks actually. Very good. So she's been, I've been driving a bit with her and we had to have a kind of a room Okay, out because these are Rules, so I'm not allowed to answer in a negative or be aggressive, and you're not allowed to be aggressive. We had to we had to sort of check ourselves that there was no sort of high I, my voice level might be too high, and then she, she was aggressive in her tone. The, so once we did that, we were fine. If myself and Lorraine ever fight at all, which we
1: rarely do, but it's, it's, it's over the backseat driving yeah. phenomenon. Um, and I, I like teaching my own kids to drive was sort of yeah. madly ma- mildly. mildly Traumatic.
2: It's and, interestingly, and, and you know, the way they're all like One girl who doesn't drive at all yeah, and, does, and, and uh, has uh, no interest does, doesn't seem to have really interest I have a son like that, and when I was growing up,
1: it was almost like the one thing that was on particularly young men's minds you
2: know, must drive, must drive, must get a car, must drive. But also, you know, like the opportunity that comes with it you know, you get a job, and then all of a sudden, the guy with the car is an asset to the business because yeah. he can go and mm-hmm. see a customer. Like that's what. I'm saying that's okay. right. Regardless regardless of what you want to try or not, but right? there'll be opportunities that will come yeah. out. Right? Yeah,
1: it is a life you do need. And maybe in the future we'll all be in 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 robotic Teslas, but for the time being we we see it So I'm thinking
2: now Mary has to get a new car my wife, and I'm thinking of making the first step towards electric. I feel the time has come, so I think we might buy a car for Mary in the new year. And it should probably be an electric car.
1: We came close to doing that ourselves because they are not FDAA. I just hand back the company car that I uh, uh, you know, had for years, and at 52 years of age, the first time I ever bought my own car. But um, and I was going to go electric, and I've been looking at the Tesla etc. they all very snazzy, but the car for me has to do two things: it has to go from Dublin to Sligo and back yeah. reliably, no mess, no fuss, and it has to carry a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And um, for me, the. Electric just yeah,
2: infrastructure. In the it's just not quite good. Yeah, and the infrastructure again. And, and I don't really want to, but like Mary's average journey, I'd say, is probably less than ten kilometers. Yes. Yeah, so perfect. perfect. So uh, she's perfect for it, and she would see how we get on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it'll be the future for us, no right. doubt. Um, and
1: you will strike me, Bobby, as as one of life's uh, optimists. You're one of these. I've never mentioned that before. And, oh, uh, yeah, like you've you've yeah. had. What, four, five, six different business careers. They can't all have been good days, and um, they can't all have been good days. Um, but you're always in good form. And I, I, I remember not just in this context, but there's a generosity and an optimism to you that's brilliant. I mean, I remember approaching you two years. I don't know what it was. I think we wanted to have um, AA points for members whereby they could get free insomnia some of coffees. But I, mean, I don't know if we ever worked it out. But you were very generous in you uh, know in improving. In, in moving the proposal and you're just sort of very willing
2: to, uh, to do I believe that life's for living, Connor. And I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but I always try to find something new after maybe five years, even if it was within the same business. I've only really had four or The oil rigs. I was with the same company in Canada and America. Then I did thirteen years with Campbell Beauty Group, and then I was twenty odd years in Perth for insomnia. I remember changing from being the and signed me to the chair and again Uh-oh. when I started doing all the, the media stuff and all that. That was the perfect trip time to do that. It wasn't that I was getting bored, it, but I just needed to do something new. It's very important that a chair
1: in that situation is willing to let go, though. And yeah. the yeah. be uh, no problem with that. Yeah. 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 So and it get down to business stuff. And, and it's, on, it's on News Talk every weekend, or more commonly perhaps these days, it's listen to this podcast yeah. if you're only at a I heard Irish commentary well, it's you swear this country was a basket case. Whereas when you're talking to people, there is a sense of I think I have a
2: sense of optimism. Well, You've to I'm extremely optimistic. I do think that there's are always opportunities. Yeah, i I think you're, and I always do try to be the best in any situation. Yeah. Where I mean, that's just, I'm blessed just.
1: I don't have to think too hard about that. So, so are you, are you you say a couple of weeks but did the media stuff as well you were a dragon oh, yeah. which is I think is a, ooh, a fair play to you, to, to you get know,
2: I, I, I did that for four years I said if I, if I spent much longer time there I wouldn't have any money left uh, I, I also do some pro bono stuff i <laughs> You I went mean, to Zambia a couple of years back. Uh, to injury, we went the it? house, yeah, 11 of us in uh, six days, oh, uh, very from good. the ground up. Was that the uh, Nile Mellon one? No, was, that's absolutely That's, that's, that's <laughs> a very good chat. Yeah. We, uh, they were all guys who we were all, all mates of mine. We were the best in the And then we handed the house to uh, the keys to a family, and got on the plane and came home. It's great. Very rewarding. Absolutely, yeah. Too, yeah. But, uh, as I say, like, the things I've got work with the Great Irish Lighthouses, which is basically the marketing arm of uh, the Lighthouse Friars Irish Lights. Awesome. And I do that pro bono, I do the Cliffs of War, which again, had 1.8 million visitors. Yeah, amazing. Uh, during 2019 that's a big business yeah. I'm involved in that and those kind of things and then I do some, I've done a lot of charity stuff but I don't like to talk too much about that because that's keep, something you do it does keep the brain out yeah that's something yes. you do but I'll always be doing something like I, even though I'm largely retired from insomnia now I never wake up in the morning and say what am I doing today I always have stuff to do yeah. so
1: well, first, first thing for me is drop a uh, cup of coffee yeah so, yeah. I, I, so so in all those careers and jobs and roles is there a favourite? Is there a thing is there a bit to a that
0: say do you
2: know what? Well, well do you know what I really loved I, I loved all and again I was in a long time but I loved the coffee business and the bit I loved most about that business was opening new shops the, 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 the buzz I got of finding a site fitting it out getting all the staff in, opening the shop watching the sales and that and was always you that wasn't even a franchisee that you no we, we, no, we did that. We did that ourselves for most of. Well, yeah, no, that was us. Even in beauties, I opened a, a new beauties in Edinburgh. I remember yeah. that, and again, it was a kind of a groundbreaking thing. Uh, and we opened in Luton Airport, and some mad places. Yeah, th- actually, I, I, I think yeah, I remember it, it might have been Luton Airport, but I was in somewhere completely obscure, and I just did a double take. I oh, "That's
5: a beauties." Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a great point. It, it was a brand that needed to change, and it had some difficulties. Unfortunately for Beewees, you know, I was it, the, there was a whole new wave of how coffee was, and their customers didn't want them to change, and they were trying to change, and they kind of got caught in this place of being a loyal and old trusted brand. And it was kind of the clear and not being cool and yeah, not being, it was kind of the Clary's dilemma, wasn't it? You know, I mean. Yeah. That's exactly
1: it. Yeah. So I think if, if there's a key to it, is it just, you know, just
2: stay fresh? Well, uh, well, I think you do. Have to, and it comes back to reinvention, you know. Brands need to do the same thing as individuals need to do. You just need to, you need to look forward rather than back. And you need to say, right, here I am today. Uh, what am I going to do with this business or this brand for the next five years? And, you don't have
1: any disasters to report before we're done, do you? Like, did you ever crash it?
2: Oh, I was, I was in my, I had a Jeep for general, back up fucking County, and I looked down to change the radio station, and I looked up, and there was a Toyota Yaris in front of me, which, which was I'd say about two weeks old, and I played This is a kinetic mismatch. And your man said, Jesus, I bought that car last week in the garage, and I, and I said it doesn't. It's first one that I said, no. so I just I sorted it out there, and then it was no. It's probably my fault I put my hands up. At least nobody was no nobody was right. hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, very,
1: it, barely, it barely counts that yeah. nobody's hurt. Oh, gosh. no one no one died. Yeah, very good. Uh, uh Well, okay. listen, uh, many more years of, uh, of of safe life on the road, and uh, I'll be checking in with you periodically, roughly roughly every five years to see what fresh new career you've embarked on. So if I come looking for you in five years' time. I'm on an oil rig somewhere. I know Bobby's well, get back to it again.
0: Thanks for Sponsored by Expressway. With MyExpressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.
2: Thanks
1: to Bobby for being so good with his time. He's enjoying life, no doubt about it, and it was great to catch up with him for that chat. Apologies again for the audio. Hope you enjoyed it. Welcome to part two. I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. Gary Fremantle was a colleague for years in the AA. He went from a nipper to senior management and was director of operations for the business. And then he took stock and decided it was time to jack it all in and do something else. Fast forward a few years and he ended up becoming CEO of the environmental group on Tashka. Let's go and see what took him on that journey and what he thinks of the environmental movement now. So hello, Gary Fremantle. How are you? I'm
5: great, Connor. How are you?
1: It's it's lovely to see you. It's lovely to see you. you. Well, well, welcome to um, the Falkland Castle, and yes. Towers. It's lovely to be here. Uh, yeah. Well, unfortunately, we were refurbishing the east wing at the moment, and you can see the the dust sheets are on it. And I won't take you up to the battlements on a. On a day like today. You got in, you got in past the boat anyway. Well
5: eventually. It took a bit of getting in, but I'm here now.
1: Yeah. Well listen, um you're very good to come along and you're very good to talk to me. I want to have a little chat. Uh, you and I know each other for an awful long time. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, um Gary was uh, you know employed in the AA for a long time, uh, unlike like myself, and and rose to director level and you know handled our union negotiations, was director of HR, was director of operations. Um so you had a long and very Career in there, Gary, and i, I mean, I—I, I, what what do you take from it now? You're you're a good few years out, but you did have to do because I mean, I recall you being director of HR, and um, you know, there there were a number of kind of unpalatable things. If you're if we're closing a regional office, for example, I mean, you, you had to do that, and um, you know, you had you had to talk to the affected staff, many of whom you knew.
5: Well, you know, I think sometimes you have to do difficult things and unpalatable things from time to time, but, you know, how you conduct yourself in terms of how you treat people, how you deal with people, that you're honest, you treat them with respect. and you're honest with people, as I said, you can invariably guess to the point where people may not like what's happening in those sets of circumstances, but if they can leave the organisation feeling that they've been treated reasonably well and they've retained their dignity, then that's the goal. That was always the goal for me. Yeah. And I like to think I managed to achieve that most of the time.
1: Yeah. Well, I think your fingerprints are on it. I mean, you were directly responsible for the breakdown service. You were operations director. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I think you and I were always very proud of the Absolutely. Of those lads on the road. And as you know, it was a very, very busy business environment mm. we're, we're, we're an insurance contact center, insurance provider, very busy environment, and you were right at the heart That's of it. it. And you were one of the directors of the business, but you decided quite suddenly uh, to your colleagues that, um, uh, that, that you were just, you were going to do something different.
5: For me, though, it had been a a bit of a journey before that. Yeah. So that would have been through, you know, various discussions at home, what we wanted to do. Yeah. How did I want to spend the rest of my life? As I said earlier, 36 years is a long time. It is. I always wanted to
1: do different things. So you you walked into our our mutual boss at the time, Brendan Nevin, and you basically said, um, you know what, Brendan, I'm going to do something else. And the, the, the large gap left behind me is unfortunate but i'm sure you'll fit it. <laughs>
5: yeah no
1: kind of my memory of you then is that for a period um you just uh, you you just basically enjoyed life i mean your your facebook feed it seemed, seemed to seem to convey the life of somebody who was certainly yeah, enjoying himself what
5: we did actually was the 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 day that i finished uh which i which was a friday the end of the month we, at the end of august as we'd said um we got on a plane the next day So oh, we God. left. Um, and we went and we started to... Did you even bother looking at the destination or did you say, give me a plane? Please? For me, it was pretty much, <laughs> didn't really mind where we were going. It was sort of, finish that now, need to go into holiday mode straight away and, and start to yeah. unwind. And it was, it's not like you're going for two weeks and you know, what's waiting for you when you come back. So but we just went on holidays and didn't come back.
1: Yeah. Ursula obviously was, was fully on board with yeah. your plans. Thankfully, yeah. And in terms of life stages, your two boys are, um,
5: um, fully grown, doing their thing, yeah. One in medicine and one in digital marketing. So they're fully grown, doing their thing. 1st yeah. um, I've been home for the last few years. Um, so I think we had, we had decided when we were young enough and well enough, we want to spend time together doing, enjoying our life. Yeah. So this was the opportunity. So yeah, we did it and we didn't think too much about it yeah. when it came to the point, you sometimes just have to jump in. And as you said, um, we literally went on holidays for nigh Two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. But here I am in Vegas and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. A bit of that was just to annoy you guys back yeah. in the office. Well, it was very good at that. Yeah. In
1: fairness to you, Gary, that's an act you never lost. No, uh, You I were good did. at it while you were working in the office. Indeed.
5: Well, I've worked hard. 36 years <laughs> now. I'm to be
1: doing it. Uh, so we did get a little bit of kind of vicarious envy uh, looking at you, but then you reached an inflection point, I think, as in, uh, not that you got it out of your system. You could go off to Vegas again tomorrow if you wanted, but mm-hmm. I got the impression that um, quite quickly, the the brain needed stimulation.
5: Yeah, well, I suppose in 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 my previous life, when you know, when you talk with people who are getting ready to retire normally or um, move to that stage of their life, you try and give them advice around things like planning and preparation for what the next stage will be.
1: you would have given that advice to
5: come for, to for many years. Yeah. So, uh, I started looking around at what I might do. Did I want to go back into full corporate life? As I said, no. I joined the board of and Afirma, which is the youth farming organization. Yeah, course, that went through yeah. board management. Um, and I spoke to the to the to some of the people there and we had, we had really good conversations there. They were sort of in transitioning away from a, a farming organization to a more of a rural youth type organization. Yeah. So there's quite a lot of change going on there in that sense.
1: Yes. So tell me then how you got involved with Antashka.
5: Well, as I said, I had been on the board of, of Mocra for two years, um, as I said, doing as an independent director, doing, doing the thing. Um,
1: so you, you joined the board of Antashka initially?
5: I did. So, um, their, that organization was going, it was going through a significant change and, mm. um, And I spent, I think, about 18 months on the board with them, Mm. where, uh, as I said, as the independent person, you'd be questioning why such and such a thing happened or why we didn't do certain things, so on and so forth. Um, And it became very, I suppose, evident quite quickly to me Mm. that there was a lack of structure within this really, really good organization and that was mainly because it had been volunteer led for so long and these were really good people Mm -hmm. um, trying to do the best that they can. They didn't have an expertise um, to run the organization as a CLG or, you know.
1: um, Trying to run it while of also holding down day jobs.
5: I mean, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, you had we did, had a number of employees that were there, and it did it did run a number uh, of programs. But from a management perspective and mm. from a, an executive perspective, to sort of top and tail it and make sure that it it did all the things it was supposed to do, It didn't have that expertise. So. Um, The long shot of that was the board said, look, we understand there's a a gap here. you know, uh, we understand what you're saying, but needs to fix it. Would you be prepared to fix it for us?
1: Uh, would you? So when 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 you hear the phrase "Who's going to sort out this mess?" and the answer is, well, you, you. are <laughs> indeed. <laughs> and you know, people will know of Hasca, um for for various things. I mean, it's a familiar name to practically every school child in Ireland. Mm-hmm. I would say through the Green Schools initiative, mm-hmm. uh, you'll come across there um, signs on mountain walks. There's actually great deal of work going on there now. Um, And then inevitably people will have heard about uh, some of the controversies involving Antashka because as an organisation it's it's involved really on, on some of the hot tic- ticket issues in the global conversation at the moment, let alone the Irish conversation. So how, how do you find that, Gary?
5: Challenging. Um, so you rightly say we have a number of programmes which are government-run programmes like the green schools, as you said, Clean Coast, so on and so forth, which are really important, valuable programmes that we do on the education side, climate ambassadors, so on and so forth. Yeah. On the other mm-hmm. side, the advocacy advocacy side, then yes, there there's a watchdog <laughs> um, initiative there. We were heavily involved in the planning process uh, yeah. as a prescribed function. Um, and of course, the as you rightly say, the hot topic now, which is climate change. Yeah. Um, and we would have um, quite a lot to say and to do in that respect as well.
1: Yeah. And, and that I think is where people will know you. And, you know, that's the difficult part of the conversation, isn't it? Because um, in a sense, the the the, re- the transparently good stuff that's going on, there's a touch of the mother of apple pie. Of course, it's brilliant to have uh, kids doing coastal clean-up or to have a, an initiative like Green Schools or just to, you know, create environmental awareness and dialogue, particularly amongst young people. Fantastic. Um, involvement in planning though is, uh, you know, that, that that's a more difficult space, um, not just for Antashka, but for Ireland in terms of the conversation. Do we build data centres? Do we build large agricultural concerns? How do we square that with broader, long-term policy. And I think your take on that is that on Pashka's function is, would I be right in saying it's to kind of hold government's toes to the fire to say, look, these are your policies and this is us pointing out where you're not
5: keeping them? Yeah, so Untaskable, as I said, it has a prescribed function, and that function essentially is to make sure that the, the regulations and procedures around planning applications are followed fully and met. Um, <coughs> uh, and yes, the, the, the net result of that is we would hold accountable individuals where they fail to follow mm. the due process. So if you like, we're we're just ensuring that the rules are followed. That can be interpreted in, in, in many yeah. different ways. From a heritage perspective or planning, etc. We would have um, obviously views that would run alongside that um, and we would quite often uh, advocate for, for example, a lot of derelict buildings around in yeah. all cities up and down the yeah. country. Why aren't we using those to, to solve our housing crisis, for example? A good
1: so, question. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. So do we? We'll call out the governments. We call it. We call out the various bodies, etc. Uh, as we feel appropriate to try and help improve that situation.
1: And Antashka operates within a
3: framework that delineates these responsibilities, doesn't it? Travelling with Expressway and your free
0: travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at expressway.ie, make sure to select Seat Only Reservation Free Travel Scheme and pay just €2 euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines and stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie.
4: Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation.
1: I know you've old Gary, in, in terms of uh, we used to joke about your your, um, uh, your your ability to manage relationships. I mean, we had uh, I mean, I think what it was you who set the ethos. But I think one of the reasons why we had a great union in the AA is that you know you have a great union if you've got great staff and you deal with them in a good way. Um, but you know when when hard negotiations did have to be done, um, you 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 always tended to be, um, I think conciliatory and um you know, if tables weren't thumped, it was more um, uh, more subtle conversations had and and more long term conversations. So I'll tell you where I'm going with this is that I have a mental picture of you trying to deal with angry farmers who are figuratively speaking, marching up the path to Antashka or maybe, you know, doing so in the modern way, Mm -hmm, via social media or whatever it is. But uh, so how do you deal with um, those potential points of conflict? Do you engage?
5: So I think, well, I think, you know, you're you're touching on areas of of policy. So I think our view would be that uh, policy, be that government or leadership Mm -hmm. in the area is is leading farmers if you know in in a particular way which we don't think is right. Fundamentally my view would be that farmers are doing a really important job. They are guardians of the uh, countryside and um, we have to look after our farmers. We have to reward them appropriately. Government policy has been focused on um, rewarding farmers, for example, for growing the national herd and doing certain behaviours. We should not be surprised then when they find it difficult, um, when they've been told to do something different. We have to find ways to, explain to them why they need to do different, but we also need to make sure that they're rewarded appropriately um, and that they're not scapegoats. So the I lay the blame uh, and the challenge at the feet of the leadership, not at the farmers themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the important message that we need to be getting across. They're not scapegoats.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, unfortunately, often, often they are, um, are, treat, are treat, treated as such. Um, and if in the future, in the 21st century world, we have have to think of our farmers as our land managers rather than, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's one of those funny things. We need to produce food. We know we need to produce food. For some odd reason, we seem to have to produce food at a profit um, why one wonders in the broad scheme of things. I mean, I know you can't reinvent the world, but you know, we don't have coin operated streetlights. We don't expect them to self-fund and yet we expect farmers to, um, operate entrepreneurially in a system that provides subsidies, but I, it doesn't feel as if we're designing for them and for us uh, better, better land
5: use. No, uh, but I, I think I think we're beginning to to move into a space where people are seeing things differently, and I include the farmers in that. But it's also important to say the problems we have are not just about farmers. Farmers are just one part of the overall equation that needs to be addressed, transport is another. Yeah. There, we already know there's going to be many sectors in our, in, our, in Irish society that's going to be affected by the carbon requirements and changes that are going to be needed. Mm. Um, farmers are high profile. Farmers have, you know, have, I, I have I a lot perhaps of Perhaps in
1: terms of cases where they've bumped up against on Tashkia, yeah. so to speak.
5: Yeah, but you know, um, whilst there's a conflict of policy and what should be done, at the end, as I said, we don't see... Uh, no nor should we ever presume to treat farmers as, as the enemy. We need to understand yeah. and work with them. As I said, it's a leadership challenge that needs to be done. There's some contentious issues out there, not, not least of which uh, a court case that's ongoing at the moment. Mm. Um, but that will come and go yeah. um, and we have to look to the future. We have a, a climate crisis to solve and the only way we're going to do that and is by working together. And that's all about relationships. Is there an essential tension in, any, any of these sort
1: of broad movements, not on Fashka specifically. Uh, but on the one hand, you have the pragmatists who kind of understand the journey and um, understand, for example, there might be a long tail diesel usage in Ireland, but you know, we're going to get there, etc. Um, versus the, uh, well, I was going to say zealous, that's probably unfair, but you know what I mean, the, the, the fire charging people who, who see crisis and can't understand a, a, a lack of urgency. In response, doesn't Tashka have to, you know, steer those two and find consensus between them? <laughs>
5: I'd like to think it does. I mean, Antashka has its detractors. You know, um, there are perceptions around Antashka being a sort of a faceless, um, middle aged, white organization that declares policy in the background and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people out in the environmental movement who are uh, protesting seven days a week and, yes. and, and fighting the good fight. You know, and I think it, the environmental movement is has a range of concerned citizens that are out there but, but it's a broad church it's you? a very broad church but it's becoming more about the people outside of, of of that movement are becoming concerned for the future so I think it's spreading be it's bubbling over beyond yeah. that environment um but it's for for Antashka it's about being fit for purpose for the future so we're trying to develop the youth side yeah. of our organization we're trying to secure the future for our youth um and move into a more practical, meaningful organization into the, in the next 20, 50 and,
1: years. And, and do you find you're kind of pushing an open door there in terms of youth engagement? I mean, I find a lot of things that, uh, um, you know, you, you, young people are actually extremely motivated on this. They have thought the issues through. If, if you see your, your, you told me you had a pretty good surge in Tashka membership. Yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. Um, was that uh, young people and zealots, uh, or was it um, farmers and pragmatists uh, coming into you?
5: Well, the the, the analysis we did of, of the search of the membership came around the time of the a lot of the media interest in the Cheese Factory case, yeah. it has to be said. <laughs> Although yeah, membership I mean. grows, we have new members uh, growing monthly, I have to say, in, in the last 12 months. But, I, I mean the cheese factory by the way we should say is the, the, the,
1: that's the major um, agricultural development in County Kilkenny isn't it which would require um, a, a, an enormous increase in, in local dairy production to serve it, um, and, right. it and it then would um, you know I, I, you, can, you can see why there's nuances to the argument because I mean this is a factory that's designed to serve to serve the Dutch cheese market where we have to pivot away from the British one because of Brexit, it's all very common. But Antashka's role in this, um, I believe, is to say to government, your own policy framework that you've signed up to in order to hit the various commitments. Um, your own policies are violated by this development, and um, government's responsibilities to ensure that any development is of appropriate scale.
5: Yeah, I think the complaint is around the planning process for the new for the new um, development. Uh, there's a, a plant that's already there and, and the ex- expansion of it, uh, and on board Panola. So I think ultimately. That's that's where, where the complaint is. Well,
1: but, the objection would be to the process, but but the 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 broader issue clearly is yeah, the
5: plan. So the I process. think government policy. We certainly would have a have an issue with. Though the two would be slightly would would be slightly separate because mm. um, government policy around the national herd etc. Yes. relates to more than just that particular factory. But I think. Um, you know, the, the, there are a number, that's that's one complaint that has generated a lot of membership. Um, we've done a lot of work in the colleges in the recent months. We've seen a, a growth spurt now in terms of student membership to the organization, uh, which is really good and yeah. really encouraging for the future. Absolutely. Um, You know, we want to incorporate. That thinking and that and their views into our organisation as you know, going forward because it's the lifeblood of the organisation. And then, as I said, we have a steady growth of membership, which I put down to a lot of the work that we're doing um, and people appreciating that in the context of the climate challenge. So it's, you know, um, those three things have all contributed in different ways to membership growth. The, the, the end game is our membership is growing, which is great. Um, we've a long way to go in terms of where I'd like us to be, but that coming from a membership organization, you you'd expect me to say that, but you know, um, we're now doing things right in that context and that's part of the job that I was asked to do. So this is all about foundation building for the future. Do you enjoy it Gary? Is it a buzz? I am enjoying it. Some of it's hard work. Um,
1: it's the nature of work.
5: Indeed. I do enjoy it. I like the challenge, mm. uh, it's different to what was previously uh, there is. part of the job. I mean, there
1: are people who tell you that the AA and Antashka should be natural enemies. Right. Uh, I, I never bought that myself, by the way, it was always a pains to say, but mm. uh, no, there are people certainly among the AA's equivalent of the um, old timer traditionalists would, would always have, have characterised virtually any environmental organisation as being anti-car, which uh, um, you know, I always kind of tried to resist, but nevertheless, strange paths to go from A.H.1 Tashka, do you get the odd funny look in there?
5: Well, you know, A.H.1 Tashka, via farming organization, mm, so in actual fact it's, it's even more skewed. And you know, I suppose that you'll always meet people who wonder what's, what's that all about. To be fruitful, it's about in some ways it's falling into opportunity, mm. but for me it's about applying a set of skills, a certain set of skills, a skills, set of skills. as a, a famous man, <laughs> man said, um, to the organization. And you know, it's about applying uh, applying those skills in, in in such a way as you help the organisation. So, I'm when I'm working with the org- an organisation, I'm committed to us, um, and and that's fine. I have no difficulty and uh, coming from a farming uh, organisation previously. In fact, it's helpful because I understand where they're coming from. Yeah. yeah. So I see that as a plus, not a negative. And,
1: again, that's an unfair criticism of the hashka. Historically, it might have been that it was seen as uh, sort of middle class. Yeah as you say, uh, you know, white white male South Dublin. Absolutely.
5: Not not just on Tashka, one of the things I've said on the board of IEN, which is the um, sort of the Organization that looks after all of the environmental bodies for the government. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I, that I have seen and, and would be very much in favor of is much more diversity, you know.
1: I don't know of a board that isn't anxious to improve on that, um, but it's happening pretty slowly. Uh, it's not just
5: the boards, it's actually in activism as well. Okay. So I'd like to see much more um, much more uh, diversity in, in activism as well.
1: One that reflects Ireland's population. Absolutely. With, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, 10% of Irish people yeah. were not born mm-hmm. on the island and, you know, there are plenty of people who need to be engaged, rather than to leave the conversation to the traditional Wales, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, absolutely.
5: Yeah. Absolutely
1: right. Um, uh, well, listen, Gary, I, you're very good to talk to me. Um, I, we, we shall we shall stay tuned into you, and we'll we'll know if you've slipped off somewhere else. too. Uh, I, if I see photos of you in Machu Picchu, I know that Gary Gary's got another band or he'll have another career shortly.
5: Well, there's one thing's for sure, Connor. I'll be sending you a text telling you where I am. No doubt.
1: Oh yeah, no, you certainly will. You certainly will. So thank you to Gary Fremantle. It was great to catch up with him. No doubt he's at a sharp end in the environmental debate, but he believes in dialogue and consensus, and he leaves me thinking that Antashka is in good hands. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. This has been Driving Life with Conor Faulkner. If you did enjoy it, or bits of it, then maybe you'll check in with us next time. Until then, drive safely, live happily, and do come see us again.
0: Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.